all those rock and roll weirdos, the people that used to make life so much fun. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. It'd be nice to, um, hang on. This looks interesting. Welcome to episode 7 of Rock and Roll Weirdos with Abby Whites, my beautiful co-host. And wife. <laughs> and wife. It's an honour and a privilege. Mr. Gareth Stack from New Zealand, come and call her. What's up? <laughs> hey, Paul and Abby. Hey, brother. How are you? <laughs> I'm great, man. Thanks for asking. You guys good? Dude, it's good. I'm all right. We had a quick chat before this. I mean, it's been 20 years between touring. Maybe not 20 years. That's a bit, a bit off. Dude, I, I hate to break it to you. It is actually probably 20 years, man. Like, it is 20 years? Oh, my yeah. God. It's so crazy as well because it feels like yesterday. We were all just playing Papa yeah, Jacks there, and yep. we had our whole lives ahead of us, you know? And then what happened? <laughs> <laughs> we got old, man. <laughs> we got old. I know. I was saying to Abby, what the hell is this gray hair? I feel like it is weird. Getting old. But, Gareth, we are so stoked. I wouldn't know. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, spring chicken over here. <laughs> I mean, but Gareth, we're so psyched to have you on the podcast. Since I messaged you last, I was giving Abby a bit of a brief education, you know, your curriculum vitae. I, I and, hope that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, yeah, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like, I'm pretty sure we can get this guy. No like, way. <laughs> no, no. We were so, st when you said you'd do it, I was so excited. Paul was scared you were not going to do it. Well, I wasn't scared. I just yeah, was you just were. like, because when I reached out to Gareth, I was I couldn't really, you know, get hold of you. And like you were saying before, you're not a big social media, you know, kind of personality. Nah, nah. I know how it works because I saw your initial message through uh, Insta and I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I saw it and I was like, yeah, that'd be rad. And then mm. I'm like, how do I get back to that message? Because we weren't like connected. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. Point. So I was like, ah. Oh. So I apologize about that. <laughs> no, no. I I made it so confusing. I I think I sent it from Rock and Roll Weirdos, and then I was like, wait, Gareth, this is not going to even know what that is. And <laughs> But then I got like, I was just spamming you. I then I messaged you from my account, and I'm like, oh, but maybe do I have to send the request first? Because then it he's it like comes block. Up. Yeah, one, I'm sure Gareth is just like you eventually got through, mate. Yeah. yeah. I know. I did it. You know, it's so awesome to talk to you again. And I was letting Abby listen to The Bleeders, which Gareth is famously known for. Abby, what was the song? I was on the subway and Abby messaged me. She was like, oh my God, that song, All the Glitters. She's like, yes. I really like that. Yeah, it's a good song, that one. Yep. Which album did you guys do in New York? Or was it the EP? Uh, no, no. So we did our first EP in 2002. That's the Bleeding Heart EP. Oh, yeah. And then in 2005, I think it was, we did our first album album which was as sweet as sin and that's that's the one that we did in jersey in jersey city so that that was where we spent probably more time in manhattan than we did in jersey to be fair who did you guys work with for that so that was produced by sal villanueva who has done stuff for thursday taking back sunday and has worked with a bunch of hardcore bands and played in hardcore bands and stuff and we just were a good fit we we kind of were on the same page with stuff um i love and that he saw us yeah he saw us at a um at a universal records kind of it was like a corporate event almost kind of thing that we were playing a bit of a showcase and he was like who are these guys so wow. like they had a guy at universal yeah he just happened to be in the crowd there and wanted to work with us so it worked out that we packed up our bags and moved over to uh to jersey for a while and recorded over there at um big blue meanie studios which i don't think is there anymore oh my um, god i know do you hear that Abby? Abby? yeah yeah some pretty cool stuff's come out of there i feel like a lot of people i know did stuff there and this must have been back in the day. I'm pretty sure it was you I was talking to. And we were talking about like Mamoons on like St. Mark's and stuff. 
Yeah, Mamou's. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. falafel place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude. <laughs> Is that I, still here? So it's still there. It's like moved a couple of doors down. I've only been there a couple of times since it changed, but it felt like a kind of a, like a really nice like McDonald's or something, you know? So it was cool that it was like everything was all new, yep. but I kind of missed, you know, the kind of hole in the wall vibe. Oh, I was just going to say <laughs> yeah. that. Yeah. When you're just kind yep. of waiting there and like somebody's like bumping past you with a falafel and, you know, people are grabbing the hot yep. sauce and um, <laughs> they used to do this $2 falafel sandwich or something. And yeah, I remember when I, yep. yeah, when I moved here, I was like broke, like for a long, still pretty broke. But like, you know, <laughs> I, I, I felt like it was like my go to after work. I'd go past my moans and then they had the freaking pizza place next door. And it was like, you know, two slices of pizza and a soda for like two dollars. It was like, Abby, did you ever, were you ever a big um, falafel person? No, you're not a big falafel person, right? No, I can't get down with it. I never got into them. I don't like them. I never have. I don't. Everyone loves them. But did you... Because Mamoon's had had other stuff. Yeah, but I feel like... I, I, I would say I want to throw this out there. I'm more of a pizza guy now, probably. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, if oh. I was in this situation right now, I'd yeah. probably be veering more to the pizza place. Um, I am 100% was, was... with you. <laughs> I keep telling Abby that I could make us hummus. I used to make hummus. I used to buy Whatever. A what do you mean you keep telling me? You said that like three years ago. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just imagining a conversation yeah. in the morning. Yeah. Like, I make, I can make you hummus. Yeah. You want hummus? I'll yeah. make you hummus. I'm good. I don't want hummus the next day. Hummus? Oh, no. You yeah. thinking, we want some hummus? You, I can give you some hummus. Like, it'll be like lunchtime and I'll just slop a big, like one of those Honestly? big spatulas down. I'll be like, here's your fucking hummus. I yeah. gladly take hummus made from you. If, and if Abby, if you're not into the hummus straight away, all, all you need to do is just start preparing all of the food in stick form. Yeah. And then that's like, I really feel like I need to dip this into something. Oh, and yeah. Then, oh, oh. Thing, like, it makes some hummus. Like, see, that's... I like that. I feel like we, like, bathe in hummus over That's here. like the reverse psychology, <laughs> Gareth. It's like, yeah. yeah. Look at all these stick, yeah. Look at all these vegetable sticks. If only there's some dip, you know, some type of... Uh, you're making it tonight. No, I will. I'm not making it tonight, Babs, but I will. Did I'll you do. call me Babs? I said Abs. I've never called you Babs. You've never called me Abs like either. Babs Bunny, like from the little... Uh, <laughs> what are they called? Oh, the, <laughs> Those, that cartoon? The, yeah, that was like the baby... It was like Looney Tunes baby Muppets. Like Muppet Babies, eh? Tiny... Tiny Toons? Yeah. Tiny, tiny Toons. Tiny Toons, that was it. Yeah, Tiny Toons. Remember all these great cartoons we had? And now I don't know yeah. what you, I don't know what you see when you turn on the TV. You know it's what not, I mean? They're not even cartoons anymore. They're like AI'd. Soon they're like, oh, we don't even have to like pay animators anymore. We can just get AI to do it. Imagine how creepy that would <laughs> yeah. be. You know? I don't want to live in a world like that. Nah, neither. Not to like make anyone else feel bad. But we kind of grew up in the in the perfect time. I feel like we had the best of both worlds. We had the best yeah, of both worlds. We didn't have all mm -hmm. the technology growing up. And like, I even think of like Gareth, around the time, like I must admit you, it was probably like 2001 or something. Yeah. Even, yeah, it would have been around then, I think. It was like a big deal even to like record a gig. Like you'd bring like a tape recorder or, or like a band practice or something. Remember like going to band yeah. practice and going, oh, let's record it. And, and, and then like the next day you're listening to the most distorted, like heavy metal tape you've ever heard in your life where you're trying to like oh yeah i think that's it yeah i think i got it i still have like um 
like we used to call them the tutu tapes <laughs> uh which was like where we'd tutu around with music the bleeders uh, still have like cassette tapes with early kind of recordings and stuff on before songs had been fully formed and just ideas and stuff like we used to just use a like a Tascam four track recorder with a room mic and oh, it wow. sounded horrible oh <laughs> like, it did <laughs> yeah horrible. so bad at the time it was groundbreaking though it was like yeah the luxury of being able to record in a uh, in a studio. What would you need that for? You've got the you've got the tutu tapes, you know. It's so funny though. Tapes are making a comeback. People are like getting into them again. Yeah, they, they are. They are. I've got friends that collect tapes. Like, yep, uh, bands that uh, yeah, I I know and love are putting stuff out on cassette as well. Yeah, um, yeah, it's making a comeback. You know. I met Abby through... On a dating website. Okay. <laughs> I love it. I'm just like ripping my the stuff up. traditional method. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> but we really met through music. So it was music. I found Abby's profile and it was like, it was really kind of subtle. Like, it didn't seem that she was really looking for anybody in particular more than her band was looking for a bass player. You know? <laughs> and uh, so I was like, hey, the odds are pretty in my favor for this. You know? 50-50, right? Like, maybe... Yeah. So, eventually... Three years later. Three years later, eventually joined oh, Abby's wow. band. And then we started dating. And we started dating. Oh, and that's the thing. So, Gareth, so it's so funny with Abby because she's just been through a lot of the same stuff we have starting in bands and... Um, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm saying. Band practices? You know, living our dream, living our best life. Yeah, like living our best life. And, uh, yeah. you know, it pretty much, I feel like Abby is just so talented. Such a good singer, songwriter, like guitarist. I was honestly mate, you were, mate, you were the Mate, you were the bass player. You were a bass player that I... I often looked up to, you know, oh, like no, I so, dude, I've I've got some compliments. I'm already going to throw you away. Should I, Abby? Should I keep get this story going or should I switch? I don't know. No, keep this story going. I'm interested <laughs> okay, to hear okay. where this is because oh, I feel like I feel like three years to join a band. That's kind of quite. That's a quite the process you put them through there, Abby. Uh, yeah. Oh well, <laughs> I was 25 when we met. I was like the biggest hot mess. Like I was. I think we met the first night we met. I went back to your apartment. And we like made out, but like, yeah, I was such a mess. I didn't. Uh, it wasn't so. Basically, like when I first met him, he was really into playing the bass. Like yeah. I remember the first night we met. Like we went to his apartment. And he just started playing the bass, and I was like, "Are you trying to impress me right now?" And I was... remember thinking about that in my mind at the time <laughs> after a few drinks, and then I picking up the bass, and then in my head, I'm like, "Man, talk about your old time back." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what, what, what yeah. song did you play? Oh. I, I, was I, it was it was it Higher Ground by Red Hot Chili Peppers? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I'm like, please let it let me have not played that. I think it was a no. You were like jamming out. You were jamming out. I was oh, like, what is he even doing? I think the problem was my logic up until that point was I'd never really dated a girl that was a musician before or, or like a serious music. I felt like I was Keanu, Keanu Reeves, Christopher Reeve and like Superman 2 where they flip the, you know, they flip the ray around and suddenly everyone has superpowers. You're like, doesn't. oh shit, my tricks aren't working anymore. Yeah, yeah, I just remember being like, why am I? And I was just like, wait a minute, Abby's like a, prof like she does this. 
Like, why would she think this was impressive? <laughs> like, no excuses, really. It's kind but... of awesome that you said Keanu Reeves as well, because Keanu Reeves is also a bass player. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like... yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like... I know. Isn't that crazy? I, I'm pretty sure people don't get turned off finding out he's a bass player, though. No offense, Paul, or, or to myself. Either. Yeah, exactly, yeah. right? I, I know. love this. This is a real hard luck story. I'm loving it, man. It's so true, though. I get it. Paul's friend said it perfectly. Once we eventually ended up together, like, seriously, then we were inseparable. That was, like, what, 10 years ago? She was like, this is insane. You guys are like a movie. Like, all the situations... If you really want to know why we... It was me. It was all my fault. It was my drinking. I got no, all annoyed. It was, like, it it was, was just a like show. Stupid. We literally like... Do you remember any No, of I don't remember any he of that. He has no recollection. Like, those, those, those years were tough years. Man. Dude, <laughs> I, I, I look back on it now and oh, I'm my. like, how am I still alive? Like... <laughs> Yeah, I, mean, I just remember, like, especially when I got here, just stumbling around the streets, you know, like three in the morning, and I'm like, oh, maybe I'll get another drink somewhere, you know, bad, like bad news. Like at the time, it seemed like, oh, this is so fun, and then looking back, it's just like, especially with me and Abby, we're like, man, we could have so not ended up together. Oh, I'm shocked that I'm not dead. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm shocked that I'm not oh, dead. Oh yeah. Oh, Abby, you got to tell Gareth about your CBGB story. Which what? Maybe you were real sick, and you you played me. A tape of it and you're like yeah where's my beer and all <laughs> <laughs> remember that one wait i actually thought of that when we were talking about the cassettes because when you played at cbgb's you used to be able to pay like 30 or 40 extra dollars and they record it yeah on a cassette oh no they did it on a cd they had the this was like the 2000s Damn. so they had the the early 2000s so they had the technology because i still have the cd <laughs> i played it for yeah you. yeah that's awesome. Um, That's crazy. Yeah, so uh, I, I was really sick. We played there a few times, but um, the last time we played there was only like a few months before they were closing. And I had mono, uh, which is, what do you what do? Oh, you yeah, so we it? call it um, glandular fever, right? I ain't a doctor. It sounds, it sounds like, like it, right? Yeah. That, that checks out. That sounds like it checks <laughs> out, yeah. So we call it mononucleosis here, mono. And it's called, okay. like, it's considered, yep. like, the kissing disease. Yeah, same thing. Yeah, okay, same yeah. Thing. Yep. So I had it, and I didn't know. But I was sick, but we had the show booked. And I was like, it's CBGBs. I'm not not going to do it. So I was up there. Like, I was so sick, I couldn't play guitar. I just sang. My second guitarist just played. But I was so, yep. like, 103 or 4 fever, like, dripping of sweat. Oh, brutal. I remember after my friends, like hey are you all right you look like not that great you're like sweating a lot i'm like yeah i have mono i have a fever <laughs> i found out a few weeks later they're like oh yeah you came in for a mono test like six months ago um it just came back positive now or something and i'm just like isn't it really like contagious yeah so you yeah. didn't know so yeah, you're like at cbgb's how's everybody doing oh yeah then, exactly you know whoever <laughs> used the mic after me yeah. god bless them oh my god pray they brought the lysol yeah, wipes lysol wipes i that's not a very uh well it's a story i guess <laughs> from cbgb's when i was there i needed to use the bathroom oh no to take a take a shit i believe is the oh and i was like i gotta go i ran down the stairs i was like okay sweet and then i just looked at the bathroom and went nope there's no <laughs> there was no door on the stall in the guy's one it's like a throne like yeah. it's an ele like a drum riser with a toilet yeah. on it pretty much with no <laughs> oh, doors yeah. <laughs> it's like 
It's like you're taking a shit, you're giving a performance. Like, they just stick a mic stand up there. Wait, that like, is so it's, it's funny. That, that before, like... before you graduate to upstairs, it's like, oh, I'm just starting off down here first. <laughs> when we when we played there, my ex-boyfriend was in my band and yeah. he had to go number two. And he was like, I can't go in the guy's room. And I'm like, why? He's like, there's no doors. He's like, can I go in the girl's room and you watch the door? And I was like, okay, fine. And he went in the girl's room and then some girls were going in and I didn't tell them. And I ran away. (laughs) (laughs) He came back so upset and mad at me. He's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Why would you do that? And I was just like, can you... We we did a... um Speaking of girls' toilets, actually, we were playing. We were playing an MTV. It was an MTV birthday party down in Wanaka. Oh yeah. Um, and it was up the mountain, like a snow town kind of thing. And I think it was just a brand new kind of chalets and stuff that were open, or like I don't know what you call them in America. Uh, we were playing a show there, and, and MTV wanted to do an interview with us. It was always a fight over who got to do the interviews in terms of like no one really wanted to do them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so me and Ian drew the short straw on that one. And when I met the guy that was doing the interview, he was like, okay, cool. Where do you guys want to do it? We're like, we don't care, man. Like, just get it over and done with kind of thing. He was like, well, let's go to the woman's toilets. It'll be funny to do it in there. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, yeah, well, this is kind of weird. And there were people in there. We went in there and they just kind of all got kicked out. I guess if you go into a woman's toilet with a camera, uh, people leave pretty quick, right? So. We just thought this was extremely weird and we, it was kind of small and we kind of banged the door corner. While we were doing the interview, the door of the toilet door kept knocking into oh, me. God. And I I was like, because it was like not closing and it was, it was like really annoying. So I elbowed as kind of hard as I could and it came off the hinges <gasps> oh. and then it smashed into the sanitary depository oh, thing. You know, yeah. Like, <laughs> and then that like started kind of having pink liquid kind of coming out what? of it. Oh, no. And this was on the TV. They actually played this on TV. So that that interview is out there somewhere. <laughs> being with a band, for the band name that we had. Oh, fuck! Kind of like, <laughs> I'm like, man, that could that could have been like that's TV gold. Someone has TV gold. So what was it like, Pepto Bismol coming out of a tampon holder while you're being interviewed? Yeah, yeah. Let's call it that. TV. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of. It was kind of towards the end of the interview, and and yeah, we'd been drinking all day, and it was pretty crazy. Like I was like, oh, "This cannot be happening." Yeah. Like it, it was like I was like, "Oh goodness!" Did you ever watch um, it? So, did you ever see it air, or did they I, just I, like? I never actually. No, nah, I never saw the footage. It definitely got played though. There was a couple of years later, actually, at the New Zealand Music Awards when MTV was still a thing in New Zealand, and I was walking up the the red carpet, and someone was interviewing me from MTV, and then they did a cutaway scene to the interview again, like and and oh. and asked me if I'd been in any women's toilets lately kind of thing and i'm like uh no yeah. and a friend of mine was like man they played the club again they played i was like oh did you record it he's like nah i was like ah uh, i don't know i don't know what i'd do with it if i had it i'd just be keen to see it like once and then go okay cool so that didn't it's happen. almost like become elusive <laughs> it's like your moby dick now it's out there one day you'll cross paths with it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yes yeah one day one day funny i actually never went to cbgb's when it was open i always just love talking to abby and she'll just tell me some story and some story i didn't realize it was all ages or something right no it was 16 and over so if you were under 21 you got x's on your hands right Ah, yeah, right. Okay, is that is that that's that's like uh, I know straight edge dudes have that. Like our singer has X's tattooed on his hand, so mm, that yeah, means he's a they're guy not, not drinking. But I think that's also a straight edge like symbol yeah. as well. That X. 
it became a straight edge thing, I think, because there were people that were like abstaining. I'm, I, and believe me, I'm no aficionado on straight edge, so <laughs> maybe. And then older people started abstaining from drinking as well, and they just put X's on their hands as well to show. That's cool. Uh, that kind of, gotcha. I think that was kind of what it was. So it probably came from that same kind of concepts. Yeah. Um, and then went from there, you know. I always remember the straight edge thing. I don't know why it always pops into my head. I can't think of the context of who was saying it, but it is funny. So I will say it anyway. <laughs> Are you sure? Yeah. It was like a straight edge guy was like, I don't know if he was saying this to himself, but he said something like, don't blow your smoke in my face. Or you'll get a straight edge fist in your face. I could see that being like okay. a rap. Don't blow your smoke in my face. Or you're going to have my straight edge fist in your face. <laughs> like it might be an actual anthem or something. I don't know. Could be, man. I Yeah, I don't know. Like It's it's kind of strange. Like, um, I'm I'm so glad. I'm so glad that we had uh, an anchor in our band, like Angelo, who is straight edge, because he's awesome. In many, many occasions that could have got out of hand, he's always kind of been uh, that dude that's been able to pull us back in the line. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. I feel like even as we've got older, I don't I actually don't drink anymore. At all? Well, I haven't drank it's since like last June. Eight like months. Like seven or eight months. Oh, good for you, man. That's no, thanks, awesome. dude. I, I, um... Like, it's not like I'm an alcoholic or anything, but I feel like what I noticed was the effect of alcohol on me is very different to, like, other people that are around me. Like, other people can be like, oh, yeah, let's go. We'll just have a few drinks. And, you know, they kind of start to get tired and, oh, yeah, shall we head home? That's me. (laughs) Whereas from what I've heard from a lot of people is, like, when you can be in, like, alcoholic, like, territory is, like, when alcohol is, like, energizing. And that's what I get. Like, you know, it's like I feel like the more I drink, the more I'm like, come on, let's go and do it, guys. Let's go on. You know, let's like everything gets bigger and, and um, nah. bolder. Like kind of the it's kind of the opposite of what my normal personality is. Gareth, you, you, you had a small taste of it with like, you know, me meeting Abby. And I just I had so many of these moments that I just got to the point where I was just like, I'm just so sick of screwing everything up. You know what I mean? And I feel like it's not like I'm getting that much out of it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop for a month or whatever and give it a go. And yeah, now it's like like eight months. I'm like, man, I've saved a fortune. I feel like I'm kind of losing weight. I'm like, I, I feel like I found a secret to life. Or something. The secret cheat code? Yeah, yeah that's awesome. The secret cheat code, you know? Um, I mean, Abby will get something and I'll be like, okay, give me a sip, you know? You're not, you're not doing it for the effect as such. I actually uh, relate to you when you say like the energizer type thing. Like that's something that I actually had a problem like in my kind of uh, early early 20s, probably to mid 20s, I suppose. That was the same thing. And I, I actually had to stop drinking like medically for a while. Yeah, like in 2002, I think it was when the bleeders first started. Um, yeah, I had some liver issues uh, because I was drinking a lot of uh, like straight whiskey and scotch and spirits and stuff. And like, and I was drinking often four or five nights a week sometimes. It just got really bad. So now I'm like, I'll have a few beers and I've, I know alcoholics as well that are recovering. And they're like, you're weird, dude. Like, I don't know how you can just have one beer and then not drink anymore. Yeah, like, yeah. I can I can do that. Like That's great. It is good. You know, if the mood doth strike, then, you know, don't worry. I'm, I'll put a few away as well. It's just, it's got to be an event or something that, that, I'm, that I'm doing. I was telling Abby, we did this one show. I think it was Greymouth or something, but this was with like Stereogram and they got us absinthe shots while we were playing. And I remember <laughs> doing that. And I remember I was sick at the time and I remember like, hey, shots. And, you know, like you can't really turn it down if everyone's looking and go, shot, shot, shot. They just gave us up another shot. I thought it was vodka or something. It was freaking absinthe. This this is how I can kind of look back and I, I can just see, okay, look, I, yeah, my relationship with alcohol is, is a little bit like fucking betting at a casino, you know, it, I feel like the house always wins, but you can have a good role and you can leave and you can go, 
I cleaned up, you know? Yeah, I took this absinthe. Dude, all I remember was running. The next thing I remember, I was running alongside these fucking train tra- train tracks. Like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, just along a field. Didn't you say you were making out with a girl? Oh, I was making out with someone on the stage. Like, when the next band was playing. Wait, was are like, you serious? Yeah, it was insane. And then <laughs> there was another girl there. And I remember, like, she was like, oh, okay. So I, I'm probably heading home now. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, I think I said, do you need a lift home? I didn't have a car. <laughs> and so I got in her cab only for her to get to her house. And she's like, oh, okay, great. Thanks. Yeah, this is me. And I was just like, oh, okay, great. Have a good night. And <laughs> I just went, and I went, yeah. and I went back. That's, that's classic. Yeah. That's classic for right there. The nicest dude I ever. I could totally <laughs> see that. Aww. I just remember yeah. like, I was like, Did oh, you, okay. You, you probably had a handshake. You probably went yeah. like, oh, yep. I know, there probably yep, was that. Shake, the only it? saving grace I will say is that, you know how weed is legal here oh, in yep, New York? Yep. Dude, I have no problems with that. <laughs> no problems at all, yeah, dude. Yeah, so it's yeah. like at the end of the end of a rough day, if I just come back and I'm like, you know, you'd normally want to blow the froth off a couple or something. I'm just always like, Abby just knows where all these weed stores are. She'll go past some store and it says CBD. She's like, they sell weed. And um, <laughs> we'll go in and pick some- Like weed stores in New York, aren't they like bass players? You could like throw something out your window. And- <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> exactly. Sure. I know LA, LA I was, I was in LA a couple of years ago and that was like, yeah, they're everywhere. Yeah, yeah. it's it's getting yep. to be everywhere here. It's actually really cool because one of my good friends is in um, AA now. You know, Paul oh, not drinking yes. very yep. much has made me not drink very much, which is great. I had to do like vocal therapy and stuff for because um, I had such bad reflux from drinking and stuff. It's nice. Like, I mean, I don't sing anymore. It's nice just like not waking up feeling like shit. I mean, listen, I have an autoimmune <laughs> disease. I kind of always feel like shit. But like, you know what I mean? That like hangover, nothing. Yeah. But how good is... The weed stores are great. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, the weed stores I would just say that. Great. And it's legal. And here's yeah, the, you know, no, but it's, it's like, amazing. It's just like, we just take edibles. It's, it's not legal here. It's definitely oh, yeah. not legal. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. Only buy weed in New York. <laughs> I feel like having that is just awesome because then it's like, if you are going out or you're doing something out, like, honestly, I've tried like non-alcoholic beers. I'm sure there's a good one out there, but I am yet to find it. Man, I tell you, there's, there's some good New Zealand ones, man. Really? Yeah, really? there really is, man. Like, uh, there's, there's some really, really good New Zealand ones. Batch Brewing do some. Yeah, oh, those those are actually brewing. really good. As a as a beer drinker, and if you like craft beer, like, yeah. they're actually, yeah, they're very good. I'm not trying to put a plug in for them. I'm just like, they're, they're actually, uh, yeah, yeah. One, as someone, <laughs> who's also looked for a good tasting uh, non-alcoholic yeah batch brewing stuff yeah really good oh that's so yep. good to know yeah you might be able to even get them over there okay I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna keep an eye out now I mean at the moment I, I'll, I'll normally look at the board and see whatever they have and I'm just like you know what I'll just get a coke and then, <laughs> and then I'll just take an edible and I'm like this is great you know because it's like if you if you're like enjoying the day more as well i think that's another thing too which also probably helped me moderate stuff i i just don't i i, I like doing stuff during the day now like um so so that's so actually true. more motivation not to get absolutely shit faced the night before as well yeah. you know like so that's another motivation i'm definitely glad we gave up smoking cigarettes like so me and rosie probably over 10 years ago now we just decided nah that's it and they cost so much money now as well so we we definitely got out at a good time congrats it's ridiculous how much they cost here they're like they're like 20 bucks a pack here now they're still more. cheap as they like i think we're yeah. like 35 40 50 bucks like for a packet of smokes now 
<laughs> Wait, are you no, kidding? No, I'm, I'm not joking. Like, Wait, what? I was in the dairy. Oh, dairy that you guys are called that. Uh, like a Seven Eleven or whatever. <laughs> the other day, bodega. And yeah. um, I was I was getting some milk, and the dude in front of me like got a forty gram Port Royal, like roll your own smokes kind of thing, like and some papers, and it comes to like eighty something dollars. And I was like, what? What? Oh my god. What? <laughs> That's crazy. You're like, man, I'm not buying the store. Yeah. You know? It's like, man, is this dude going to have to put that on layby? Like, what's going on, man? Like, <laughs> layaway, you know? Like, have to take out a uh, sign of finance shocked. agreement to buy some smokes. <laughs> Abby, you thought it was expensive here. Because, Abby, you smoked for a little, but you gave up. Yeah, I don't smoke Oh, well done. <laughs> Thank you. Gareth, I wanted, definitely wanted to bring up... Um, some more stuff with uh with with the bleeders you guys did a reunion to it last year yeah like as as we were kind of talking how was that it was awesome man like um played five shows we played dunedin christchurch uh auckland hamilton and mount monganui nice yeah good turnout all the shows i think sold out except the mount monganui one which was quite a big venue on a sunday afternoon like it was still still a good turnout. such a fun show man it was like all ages like family kind of vibes there was like the support bands had like their kids were there like angelo brought his son he jumped up on stage and wow. And sung a song with us and like it was just fun awesome. man it was just such a cool way to finish off the tour so yeah it was good it was it was the um the 20th anniversary of our first ep the bleeding heart ep that's amazing yeah then and, and we talked about you know being old um 20 years yeah yeah, yeah. like <laughs> next next year that ep is going to be able to go into a casino in new zealand and gamble yeah. you know so uh right. it's uh it's getting up there. It's, um, it's getting ready for that driver's <laughs> license. You know what we just said that about? My Xanax prescription just turned 21. <laughs> yeah. My friend was like, are you awesome. going to get it a cake? <laughs> That's awesome. Gareth, I wanted to ask because, you know, I, I've definitely, not in a weird way, you know, been keeping my eye on you for quite a while. Oh, my God. He totally means oh, okay. that in a weird way. What? Yeah. No, that's okay. It'd be weird. I don't mind. That's fine. <laughs> Um, and no, but I was, <laughs> I was going to, I was going to ask, I noticed that from, this is back from, I would say maybe when I first met you, we played Goodnight Nurse played with the Smooth Jimmys yeah. at, um, the Masonic. That was my first kind of introduction to like you and like your bass playing and, um, and I think it was probably around the time I was still, you know, I was still like learning how to play and stuff. But man, I was so fucking blown away. I still remember to this day, you guys did a cover of Beer by Real Big Fish. Do you remember that? Oh, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. And I was mesmerized. You were probably like, fuck, who's this guy staring at me? I, I absolutely was. <laughs> <laughs> I remember I've learned that song. I remember going home and learning it. And I loved it because I remember you did that. It, it's when it does the... It kind of goes up to the 12th, 10th, 12th, 10th, 12th, 10th kind of thing. Okay. You just pulled it off. It was so effortless. And I was just like... And I I was just like fuck like what the fuck you know like i was just like literally like how am i ever gonna get like get to that level and i was telling abby about it i was like man gareth really like helped me out in a lot of ways that i don't even think he really remembers helping me out because i remember at one point i think i'd just come back from england or something and i bought these really thick like white picks and I didn't know anything about picks. You know, I'm just like, I thought they looked cool. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll get it. I remember talking to you and you were, you were like. Bro, it's blowing my mind, man. Really? really? <laughs> yeah, no, it is. You're like. Because I can kind of like, I hadn't yeah. thought about it in a very long time. And I can kind of like, as you're 
what I'm like, it's bringing back memories. This is yeah. awesome. Yeah, so like, we'll continue. <laughs> and then I mean, but I remember you told me, and um, you were like, you were like, you know what you want to do is is if you can play with a thinner pick. And this was probably when you were working in the music store at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, you knew all this stuff, and you were like, you don't want to use this one. So then I I think I literally switched to the one you had at the time, which was a one millimeter. One millimeter Jim Dunlop, Dunlop the black Jim, one. The black one. <laughs> yeah. And I went to that. I'm looking over at my nightstand. I've got a ten pack. I just like buy packs of them, you know, so I have them. That's awesome. And um, and then another thing I remember talking to you about it was like I was talking about um, and I can't even remember where this came up, but so I'm sure this happened. <laughs> but, okay, but, okay. but at one point, you know, like on a P bass, right? I guess on a jazz bass, it's a little different. But like, you know, it's like you can either play in front of the pickups or kind of behind the pickup. And I remember you told me you were like, you know, if you want to get that good sound, if you want to get that kind of like tinny kind of sound, yeah. you're like, you really want to be playing closer to the bridge. Yeah, like, close to yeah, the bridge. Yeah. And I remember at the time being like, oh, wow. And I remember trying to play it and it was just taking me a little bit of time to like, just to get used to it. I feel like I also noticed because the strings are tighter there, you can skip strings or like, you know, like kind of do octaves and stuff really easily. Like you're not worrying yep. about the strings bending and like coming back. But it was probably one of those things yeah. where I just wanted to thank you just to say, because I feel like those fucking picks, oh my God, I've used but them on everything. I remember those so well because I remember when I first started using them, I was like, oh yeah, these these are the ones. I, I actually can't use those anymore. So because the bleeder stuff is is a lot of fast kind of thrashy kind of pop kind of stuff and yeah i get i get a real bad like kind of cramp in my in my thumb uh, after playing and and it can sometimes get to the point where i actually can't hold on to a pick oh. and it happens sometimes while we're playing and it's like it's the worst it's just because I'm going so fast, especially like a, like the Delusions uh, EP that we put out in 2018. Like that, if you listen to some of the songs on that, it's pretty some pretty quick stuff going on there. Yeah, and, and then I feel like and, if your hands get sweaty, I feel like that's the worst as well. Yeah, yeah. So there's a bit of that, and that's that's a good thing about this Jim Dunlop piece because you've got like that grippy stuff on it, so they kind of stick in there. Um, so now now I've actually gone. Uh, it's kind of weird. They're the same. There's still a one mil pick, except they're just a different brand. Uh, I think they're they're an Ernie Ball pick, uh, and they're a harder pick, so they're not as flexible. And I've found that that the pick is doing a lot more of the work than maybe what my my. It's it's kind of I don't know. It's just it, it feels like the picks not having to work as hard to do it. So I've always been a fan of. I'm actually it's funny. I'm looking at those two picks right now. <laughs> <laughs> one of the black ones and the and yeah. the green ones, the ones that I use now. <laughs> that's, that's um, so and funny. yeah, just yeah. So so that's it's so funny though, uh, brother. I, it's something I've never really thought about. Like, um, it's probably something that I would have I would have said. And um, yeah. yeah, you kind of you. I just would have probably an offhanded comment and just gone, yeah, man, like this is what you kind of do. I got a lot of advice from uh, a guy that I worked in the music shop with uh, who played in a metal band called Eight Foot Sativa. Oh, shit. Um, yeah. And yeah, so so he would he would kind of give me quite, quite a lot of advice and stuff. Um, and then on, on Sundays when we worked together, we'd have competitions to see who could play we get out a metronome and see who could play down strokes the fastest oh my like, god that's, and, uh, that's he amazing was like, yeah he was he was like really really upset he could never beat me <laughs> he would like <laughs> in the down he, was, he was a guitar teacher and stuff yeah and like it was i don't know i just had some sort of freak thing i could do fast downs uh, nice I, yeah, I, so, I've always found like alternate alternating strings and everything. I'm just like, oh, this is so good. 
But like when I try and do like, oh, let me play along to Ramon's song and I'm just going to do downstrokes. And I feel like that's when my thumb starts hurting. I'm like halfway through the song and I'm just like, when will it end? <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you've heard the, uh, we, Angelo, uh, myself, uh, a guy named uh, Wadzi and another dude, uh, Corey, started a band in lockdown called Wolves. Oh, no way. I'll flick you a link after this if you want to check out like a definitely so our first our first live show. It's like a hardcore band. It was it was pretty fun, and that was again that was a lot more kind of a lot more kind of technical stuff than probably what the Bleeders uh, do. So that was quite a fun fun kind of band. Uh, Wadzi wrote a bunch of songs, and we uh, we smashed them on edge, put the lyrics to them, and it was quite fun. It just it just kind of sucked that we all got so busy with uh, work and stuff that we had to put that band to bed um still got still got some songs there though so who knows maybe one day we'll revisit it and see what happens that's fucking great man i feel like just for music there'll be a day where we wake up and we're just like inspired or something you know like yeah yeah you hope yeah <laughs> i'm sure like like it comes back in waves man like i i've like even just this year i've i've started writing songs you know when inspiration hits or whatever you just kind of like you get in the zone and you kind of uh smash out a few songs and you get some riffs come to you and kind of things like that so that's something I still do. And I, I think it's something I need to do. I notice that if I'm not playing music in some form, I end up going a bit kind of stir crazy. So I kind of need to do it. That's like, that's like me to a T. Definitely riffs. Like I'm, you know, I play the bass. I'll just pick it up all the time, you know, and I'll come up with something. Yeah. Every now and then Abby will just get this burst of energy. She picks up her acoustic and she's like, oh, I'm like playing songs. Abby, do you have anything to chime in about your... <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you lose it real quick as well. She's like, I'm over it. You know, like, and you're like, damn. I know. That's like, I'm like, I feel like it'll come to me and I'll be like, I'm hungry. Can we get like food or something? And you're like, no, this never happens. I know. We need to we'll keep be like, this going. We'll be like halfway through it and Abby's like, I'm hungry. Can we just like stop and just get food? And I'm like, don't take this away from me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's yeah I, I get it man i think it's interesting as well you're saying like playing with good people like and and really talented musicians i've been real lucky like at, at high school like in my in my class at school so max uh the guitarist and singer from the smooth jimmy's like he's a pretty good guitarist and he's 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 just one of those dudes that like kind of everything he does he puts in like 110 percent to be like the best at it you know like so um so like whether it's playing punk guitar or whatever he he just is, is very that way inclined he's super annoying though so if he ever <laughs> listens to this don't, i'm not i'm not talking him up um yeah 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 <laughs> um, and we, we fight like fight like cats and dogs when we were playing in a band together um it's all fun and lovely, so it's all good. He was uh, in my class at school, and and then I also uh, I wasn't playing in a band with him at school though. Um, we didn't kind of connect musically till probably uh, probably maybe the last year of school. Um, I played in a band with a guitarist from uh, a New Zealand band called the Tuts. Oh yeah, the Tuts. Yeah, so I, I I didn't know he was in the Tuts until we ran into each other in an awards thing. I was like, oh, Matt, like amazing, like Matt Robertson, like legend. So I played in a band with him. Our school was quite small, so I took music at like, I guess, a, a year 12 level over here. I'm not sure what that would be in grade school over there. Um, So not quite a senior, probably like year do the school math. Year 12 is senior, would be a senior, senior here. Yeah, okay. yeah, we call that 12th grade or senior, yeah. Okay, so maybe, yeah, it would have been the year underneath that. So yeah, but anyway, around that time so and i 
played like um you had to do like assessments and stuff so live performance which they have to film and then to, to get your qualifications they get sent away and then you get graded like one of the, one of the bands i played with and a guy that uh was you know probably probably a bit like a friend who was just he could play every instrument and not only play it he was really good like he's a great drummer great guitarist amazing singer um bass he was way better than me on bass as well uh he even taught me taught me some stuff and that, that guy his name was vincent harder oh wow he's like an r&b kind of singer it's quite popular in new zealand and just a super talented guy so i played in like assessment bands with guys like that playing different styles of music as well so not playing punk rock but having to play funk and and all kinds of stuff and that was where i kind of i guess learned how to play different styles and kind of expanded my uh musical horizons a bit because you know i grew up with one brother who listened to like death metal like obituary cannibal corpse morbid angel and like other brother who listened to grunge like Stone Temple Pilots and uh, Nirvana and stuff like that so punk rock was kind of in that that happy median I think in between and hardcore music like learning all those little tricks that you're talking about before like that was I think I learned most of those at, at high school playing with those other guys like in different different genres and stuff so it's pretty awesome like just always been lucky and surrounded by really good musicians you know man that's totally it it reminds me of Tony Robbins for some reason a quote popped into my head but he he says uh, he's like if you want to get good at tennis he's like you play someone that's better yeah abby i remember you had to do a lot of that kind of stuff for the guitar right like performance or was that singing like competitive and <laughs> competitive okay. i just look at abby's face she just looks so music. unimpressed yeah. <laughs> that should be an olympic sport <laughs> and, and next up in competitive guitar, yeah, competitive guitar. Have, yeah. <laughs> no i did that um with singing i used to do like compete got it Wow. Are we talking that or are we talking just like... So they have a thing in New York called NISMA. It's like New York Music, NY, New York, whatever. I don't really know what it stands for, but you could go for an instrument or you could go for like voice. So like there was one portion that was sight reading. So they would give you the first note on the piano. And then from there, you had to read like a whole thing of music and sing it, sing the notes. Uh, You know, there was one part where your like choir teacher would play. You choose one of five songs that you're going to sing. And, you know, that's that's like the performance aspect. And then there's the sight reading and then i'm like what's the last part i don't remember it sounds kind of terrifying wait you get one note and then they're like okay just sing all this other stuff like well, you have a sheet of music in front of you so it's notes like it's- i think i'm putting myself in that position where i'll be like i don't know what notes these are like Oh yeah, well Can that's that? that's no. why. <laughs> <laughs> do, that's do, what... Like, do they give you one of those little like ukulele whistle things, like <laughs> in the key yeah. of G? And, like... <laughs> it's like every time you get it wrong, they blow that. No, like, oh, I, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then for half a point, if you can guess what key the the wrong horn is in, yeah, right. you get like half a point. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we'll give you half a point for that. And even when I did my little uh, EP, I worked on the songs with Abby and it was so awesome. I'm a psycho. She cracks the whip. You know what I mean? It's not like me <laughs> loafing around. Oh, I think we got the verse. I think we're good. She'll read the lyrics. I'll be like, this doesn't make sense. She's like, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And then she'll like look at me like with this real intense stare. And she's like, you can do better. 
And I'm just like, wow. I was just like, okay, like <laughs> these Americans really tell it like it is. I feel like the best thing was, was just, I don't know if I got any better as a songwriter, but the songs got better for having Abby participate in them. <laughs> and it was just so it's cool. I really, I really, I loved it, you know, and Abby is just a psycho with, you know, melodies. And I, I really appreciate like when people have such a solid grasp on like the foundations of music. Yeah. I, I don't have it, you know, like I can get up there and do my little, uh, twiddly do. <laughs> my twiddly d you know and i call it a day yep. you know but i feel like i'm not going to sit there and try and mash my brain against some like book you know, some book oh my god yeah <laughs> lyric training yes. and you just hear me in the background you know like <laughs> i don't even know what note that was was that a note abby don't you have perfect pitch is it a a sharp i think <laughs> <laughs> in my head i did something no <laughs> no, I, I, I think, I think, yeah, you're right, man. I'm the same. Like, I, 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 I give it up to those that like um, have that ear. I, I can kind of hear like if I'm writing a song, like a writing riffs and stuff. I can usually kind of get a beat, a drum beat in my head, and I can hear like because uh, often I'll, I'll write music on guitar and then and then I'll um, add bass to it. Recently, though, I've actually been playing like writing more on bass and then playing guitar. Nice uh, over top of that uh, to get some ideas and stuff down. And yeah, I kind of like I can kind of hear melodies and stuff uh, like guitar melodies uh, when it comes to like structure and things as well that usually forms pretty quickly because i usually run with pretty basic structures when i'm writing stuff so so people that like are hearing at a different sonic level of like like the mix and yeah. like what effects to use and like yeah um, yeah that just yeah that just absolutely blows my mind man like another person that i, I got to spend a lot of time with was you know joel from your band yeah uh, we worked together in that music shop i think Jaden actually worked there for a bit as well um and uh and like just that dude's motor, like his brain and just the constant amazing stuff that he would keep pumping out. Like even with his the project bands he had with mains and stuff, I was like, oh man, like the the tritones. Yeah, tritones, yeah, yeah. And just that stuff, which was just on a on a different level, man. It was so so cool to hear that stuff. Sometimes I ask myself, I'm like, man, can you imagine being in a band with Joel and Jaden? Like you know what I mean? Like, am I some kind of glutton for like punishment or something? Is this the band you want to be joining when you've only played the bass for three months? You know, like <laughs> Is this yeah. like is this what I'm putting myself through? Like in hindsight, it almost was that Tony Robbins, you know, metaphor again for you know yep. if you want to get good at something, play with people that are better. You know, and and Jill and Jane at the time was still you know obviously trying to figure out their own kind of sound and 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 um and mm-hmm. lyrics and everything. But like man, that was um boot camp. You know, I felt like it was from day one. I was just like <laughs> fuck, I gotta fucking, I gotta get get good you know but i feel like thanks to gareth's tips and tricks i think i pulled it off you know (laughs) i feel like i uh gareth didn't you cover one time i think i was in england or something and i couldn't i I could have swore that you covered unless i don't i I don't believe so i think i think i've jumped up maybe a couple of times and played songs with you guys like uh i don't think i've ever um like covered as such uh no i i, I would have remembered that man because i i know i've i've played i've played with like Jaden, but we uh it was actually a kind of a real awkward situation because it was the bleeders was pretty much on the go and we we're already touring and we we're playing with uh actually a band from the states called the hope conspiracy uh, a hardcore band and in new zealand and we we're touring with them and uh, a band 
band pulled out of a show with less than Jake, like one of the support bands, and the Smooth Jimmies got asked. And so uh, Jaden was kind of drumming with us just to get some like crappy recordings down. And Joel was actually there uh, kind of giving his two cents with uh, some production ideas and stuff, which listening back to the recordings, you can hear which parts were his ideas. <laughs> They're all the good parts. <laughs> the gold. Yeah. yeah, the gold. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, that's so good. Like... <laughs> It's a pity. It's a pity that good parts attached to this rest of the trash song. Yeah, yeah, song. yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. So, yeah, so, so Jaden um, played. Did Jaden? Yeah. So Jaden, Jaden played drums for us, and we opened for less than Jake at uh, Galatos. And um, and I think I was after the show. There was a couple of record label people there that were kind of asking some questions, and I was like, ah, nah, I'm already. <laughs> I, I really wasn't keen on doing the ska thing, man. Like ska music was never really my jam. It was just like, cause the smooth Jimmy's are like a punk ska band, I guess. And, and it was never really my jam. It was kind of fun. Cause it gave me an opportunity to like, uh, do a whole bunch of walking bass lines and kind of get pretty creative with that. Um, so, and that probably helped me out, uh, technically a little bit as well i just wanted to play fast heavy stuff so as soon as the bleeders came along man i was like yeah cool this is this is me this is a bit of a throwback do you remember a song mm-hmm. you guys played in the smooth jimmy's called like it was like canaries in the coal mine or something oh, yeah 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 i remember the intro for that it was like these are the things i feel like at that time i was like a sponge wherever i went and it was like i would just watch the bass player or whatever and just be like okay so what, what are they doing what are, you know what should i be doing but i love that song i, I used to always play that riff i can still i, I would it's a it's a fun yeah, it's one so crazy. to play that's the first that's the first song i ever wrote really yeah like vocals and because i sung that song as well like that's badly uh and and that was yeah that was the first song i, I think i ever ever wrote it was so good i still remember when it would do the Da, 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 da. I don't know if it was like an AFC or something, but like it was just like, yep. yeah, really quick. And then we go back to the high and I was just like, oh man, this is cool. Oh, Gareth, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to ask. Yep. So I thought I noticed in some of the photos, from what I remember, you've always been the jazz bass man. But mm. then I remember when the Aerodyne came out, I'm pretty sure for the Bleeders, I always saw you playing that. But then when I was looking at some of the photos for the re- reunion, it looked like you'd gone. Did you go back to the jazz? Yes, I've kind of, I had swapped around a little bit. I had to, the Aerodyne, a bass uh, I remember, I actually remember the day that I first saw one, Jason, the bass player from Hot Water Music, we were on tour with them and he'd just been to Nam, and he had the only one in the world at that point. Like he went <laughs> to Nam and like, Nam, yeah, he went, to, he went there and like, they, he was playing, it was like, this is really cool. And they're like, do you want it? And he was like, yep, sweet. And then he was touring and I was like, oh, this is so cool. Cause it's like a PJ bass. Like it sounded really, really good. It just had the best of both of us and it was light. So like for jumping around and like throwing the bass around, it was actually it was perfect for me so that's what i used it got good tone out of it and i remember the the fender rep uh came in and was like ah i've got something up your alley man you would have never seen it yeah he wouldn't have known that i'd just been on tour with (laughs) (laughs) yeah like actually i've just been around the the only one in the world but you know thanks for playing yeah 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 it's cool yeah (laughs) um so yeah like i i got two of those and that those are my touring bases for a while i've only got one left i I swapped one for a uh a mesa boogie valve amp and yeah the bases that i play now yeah the aerodynes are being kind of hung up kind of gone a different direction when when i was playing wolves i wanted something that was i guess a little bit more of a different kind of sound so i I went with a getty lee jazz bass and i've customized it so i've put a string through body so active emg 
pickups in it. Yeah, that thing is ah, oh, it's awesome, it, and it's got a real thin neck, very fast. And uh, and then the other base I've actually got is a modified Mark Hoppus base, which is a P base. So which is a P base pickup with a jazz base body. So yeah, so I kind of just flop between those two when playing live now. And um, yeah. Oh man, you got a sweet bass arsenal. Sorry, Ab- Abby. We we're probably boring Abby with bass talk. Eh? Like you're still awake, right, Abby? Sorry, you're not getting. <laughs> I never get to talk bass. You know, it's always like... No, it's all good. (laughs) Well, my first one was the... I had this Washburn, which was terrible. It was like XB100 or something. It was like... Yeah, 5600 bucks. Yeah. That was the one I played just when we kind of got started. And then um, I got the... You got the P bass with the white, the white P bass with the black pickup. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It's in my I room. I was watching you too, man. <laughs> ah, you've been what? Who's watching me? Well, I'm watching you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> once I got the the black and white P bass in New Zealand, I was like, that was just the black one with the white pickup, and I was just like, oh my god, like I was so thrilled when I got it. And you remember Gareth? Like, it's not like I feel like maybe things are different now in New Zealand, but like I didn't just go to the rock shop and like pick it up. I had to like order it. It took like a month, but they didn't have any like. In the Auckland rock shop. So in I, stock. In stock. Yeah. This whole thing. I remember when I got it, I just was like blown away. And then um <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then I think two thousand and five was when I got my white one. That one's almost that one's almost twenty years old. I think I got that in two thousand five. But I always just stuck to the P bases. Then then when I was here I got another another black and white one, which was like my original one, and that's like a twenty thirteen or something. Mm-hmm. But now I feel like I wouldn't really know what to do because I'm so used to buying the Made in Mexico with Rosewood and now oh, yeah. they don't do the Rosewood for the Made in Mexico. You know, they do the is it Paul Farrow or something. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's a little lighter, the wood. And th- well, this is funny. I feel like you'll get a good laugh at this. Joel invited us back for his birthday last year to play a private function. Heavy. Yeah, um, the function. <laughs> yeah. The function. Yeah. It was, it was, uh. It was a real experience, you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Sound like it's some sort of Nixium party or something. It was a private function. No. (laughs) <laughs> so Joel and Jaden were like, oh my God, like just let us know. And and I was like, well, we're only going to do like four songs, five songs. I'm like, there's no real point of me bringing my bass halfway across the world. And I was like, do you have anything lying around? And Joel's like, of course, man. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll set you with bass. And I like turned up and, and it was like a jazz bass, but it was a made in Mexico jazz bass with, without rosewood, with the poor Faro wood, which is lighter. Yep. Dude, I was bugging out, man. I was like, how the fuck am I going to play this? I'd never played a jazz bass ever. And I realized that with my whole like picking at the bridge technique, every time I was picking, I was hitting the pickup. You hit that pickup? Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is a challenge. And then like we tried to play our song. I, I don't know what the fuck I was. I was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I was like all over the place and the other guys were so cool because they're like oh man look it's just everyone will just be stoked that you're here you know it's just a, b- a bit of a laugh but like in your head you know what I mean I'm like fuck I don't yeah. want to bomb in front of all these people you know <laughs> I don't know man it was all right on the night that's all I'll say maybe I, I was still that's the main thing yeah somehow I just it, it was it was great but man the jazz bass I love it it was funny though I was playing it and when I and I actually was thinking of you I was like oh my god this sounds like Gareth's bass at the Masonic like that was what I was thinking that's awesome so yeah you were there uh, you were there in spirit that's cool I didn't get an invite I was <laughs> yeah, I was there in spirit but man, like, um... <laughs> that's pretty cool man no, but it was cool. great. It was great. Great to see those guys as well because I hadn't seen them in like 16 years. If you, oh, no, no, no. Wait, what am I saying? We hadn't played together in 16 years. But oh. if they were over here, I would always make the effort, you know, to hang out or like if we were yep. there. And like we just saw Jaden. He was here recently for, with um, Leisure. Yeah, Leisure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and they're fucking killing it. There was this place in Bushwick yeah. in Brooklyn, and it was like packed, sold out. Never they seen sold so many. I think a couple nights. I've never seen so many chicks in my life just like looking up at the stage, like <laughs> ready to like jump up there. I felt like Jaden. I just felt like I needed to give him a salute. He did it, man. He cracked the code. I don't know what how yeah, he did those it. Are, they're great. Yeah, Leisure are great. My mate Pete was uh, doing sound or something for them on that tour as well. So I haven't caught up with them yet since he's been back. I'll probably catch up with him soon. Uh, yeah, Wait, he's not, not a great Pete Wood. engineer. Not Pete Wood. Yeah, Pete Wood. Oh, yeah. Pete Wood. You know Pete Wood? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, legend. Great guy. Yeah, he did sound for us. I think it was not this year, last year. And and yeah, it was it was awesome, man, like to have him doing our sound. And uh, it was like our normal sound guy got COVID, I think, or he couldn't couldn't make it uh, on the night. So Pete stepped up and did a great job. So oh, yeah, man, no, he's, 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 he's a talented sound guy, man. Really, really good. Good guy as well. Lovely, lovely guy. He he's um, so, yeah. such a nice guy. How are we doing for time? Yeah. <laughs> you gonna leave that bass talk in there? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was good, right? Was... Again, like, um, is Abby still awake? I don't... Oh yeah, yeah, Abby's yeah. Still I'm chilling. I feel like I never get to talk about this stuff. I feel like that's stuff, the you know? thing. Yeah, no, this cool. is like Paul's, like you know, like this is Paul's world. I'm just in it. Where in real life, it's the other way around. So. Yeah, yeah, Because right. normally it's Abby with her best friends calling in, and I'm like, you know, it's like Penn and Teller, and who's the guy that doesn't talk? Teller? <laughs> I guess that ends up being I'm me. Not, well, if his name's Teller and he doesn't talk. Hang <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, maybe. Yeah, that's a good point. Teller? Is it Teller? It is Teller, right? Yeah, Penn. <laughs> okay, well, then there you go. Maybe okay, Penn's well, the one who doesn't talk because he writes. Oh. Right, that's <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Man, have they ever, has anyone ever thought of that before? Like, if, is that just a thing that we just thought of now? Because you heard it first. It's going to blow the up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah, here, exclusive of Rock and Roll Weirdos. <laughs> Breaking news. <laughs> Breaking news. Oh, no. um, and Gareth, I just. I'm oh, sorry. Wait, I didn't want to cut off a good gag. Was there anything there? <laughs> oh no, you're good. You're good. I thought I was cutting no, off. No, 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 no. That's it. No. Next. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything good there? No, no. Move on. Um, oh my no, no, god. Uh, <laughs> that one's run its course. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth, I was going to say how awesome it was that you guys. I'm not sure if this was for the reunion tour, but you did the uh, Tereo Maori translation of all that glitters. Yeah. I, I could attempt to pronounce it. Tahuna T. Our Marama. Yep, that's the one. Yep. Honestly, it was it was a really cool uh, experience to be able to to do that because I think I think for Angelo as well, it was cool to tell a bit of his his background, his story with that too. He kind of organised that, and and I I just felt absolutely privileged to be a part of it. Eh? It was a, such a cool experience, and it really gave all the glitters uh, a, a new a new meaning, you know, and a, a new kind of uh, flavour. So Tahuna Te Ao Marama. I I'm not great with my uh, today pronunciation either yeah it was just such a cool experience like i never would have thought in a million years it would be asked to do something like that it was it was cool man like everything kind of got brought up to date a little bit as well our new guitarist as a as a goddard was in the studio as well and, and recorded uh guitar parts for that as well so it was kind of yeah it was kind of a cool cool experience and yeah taking on new meaning and and like yeah just it was cool being back in the studio again it's been it's been a wee while so and uh and it's been pretty popular the feedback's been good with the song and oh yeah it's been good yeah yeah i, I just see it on spotify and i just i'll play it and i'm always just like like oh man i bet this got a great reception like it just seems like such a cool thing to do you know i, 
wouldn't be surprised if other bands start taking that idea and kind of doing that with you know one of their own songs yeah yeah i think so like it was yeah it was cool there's a documentary as well like a little short doco about angelo who works in the uh he works in corrections so he's a probation officer yeah so it's yeah it's quite good eh? like um and again like it's really the angelo's kind of story and and it's just it's it's just so cool that he's he's out there making a difference and and i think one of the things he says is that you know coming from a punk rock kind of background you're always against the system and yeah you know the the change kind of can happen from within it so you know he's wow. he's kind of uh really taking that on board eh? so he's he's um no he's a, he's a legend man so that's really cool that we got to do that i think um yeah and and if we get asked to do more i'm sure we'd be absolutely open to the idea it was it was very cool and and i was just a bit gutted like with um work commitments i didn't get to spend any time with uh the komato like the the elder who, oh. who came in and yeah so I, I couldn't i couldn't be there for that part um maybe next time and uh yeah so hopefully hopefully yeah we we, we get asked to do something else and yeah i'd love to be part of something like that again it was very very cool very cool you guys did all the tracks again yeah you know you could have been like oh we'll just go in and just like swap the vocals or something but it sounded so cool that it was kind of built from the ground up yeah it's it's also in a different key as well oh it is oh, so <laughs> Abby <laughs> would have picked that up that's probably i didn't i didn't get that. yeah yeah so so when we <laughs> yeah when bleeders first started we played in just standard e tuning and drop d tuning and then so the first ep is an e tuning and then when we did the first album uh we dropped half a step down and uh so yeah so we decided we'll just record it half a step down um so it kind of sounds it gives it a little bit of a deeper kind of heavier sound i reckon so it's pretty cool i love it it's like the guns and roses yeah. it's it, it is yeah, yeah. there's a real pain in the ass though when you're trying to relearn your song like before we go on tour like trying to relearn songs again because you have to have oh yeah. a guitar tuned in one tuning and then another one so yeah. you're constantly and depending how the set list goes you're constantly having to swap oh man uh when we when we play live we just you know tune everything to, to the one tuning yeah. um it's it's yeah it's just like practicing mode. yeah it's like yeah uh, <laughs> when we did the five song reunion even on the album like most of it is we're tuned um yeah like half a step down but then tuned to d so it's like c sharp yep and I was getting confused myself as to which ones were like, hey, which one is in like C sharp? And then I'm like, oh, one's in actual D and then the other one is in E and then there's another one E flat. You know, like after a while, it's like, oh my God. But it was so different this time because, and I feel like I've been out of the game, man. Like, you know, I, I played in London when I was there and, and New York before I met Abby's band, just like, you know, playing in shitty punk bands and like, yep. but I was always just used to amp on stage. I generally do. I would wear earplugs at practice, but not at the gig. Never. I never wore earplugs at gigs. Never have. Never will. Like it's like I need to need to be hearing it. Um, but yeah. the w one confusing thing I found. I don't know if you guys do the same thing. So when it got to Big Fan, all the other guys have in ears now, and I was not. Oh, yeah, okay. fam I was not familiar with in ears. I had this like crash course. I feel like I got there. I've got this jazz bass. <laughs> I'm trying to learn. You know, just how this in ears. <laughs> And Joel's like, oh, you got to download this app. And I'm like, okay, I downloaded the app. And he's like, are you on the Wi-Fi? I'm like, what's the Wi-Fi? You know what I mean? Like, it was so easy back when we just plugged yep. in, you know? Yeah. I honestly, I played two songs. I think we did My Only first and then we did Lona. And by the end of Lona, one of them was already coming out, like hitting me in the face. <laughs> 
And I was just like, I can't do that. I was like, I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. So I took them out. Yeah. I just put them in my back pocket. I, I played the rest. You know, we had three left or whatever. And um, and it was totally fine, except I completely forgot that with everyone else using in-ear monitors, you know, and the click, like there's no real um, need for Jaden to do like really obvious like timing, you know, like tap the hi-hat before, oh, like something. Oh, yeah. So there was, yep. <laughs> we, we were doing milkshake and it goes bung, bung, you know, and it does that breakdown bit. Yeah. And normally i can hear Jaden like he normally would just hit his hi-hat just so like i can hear it but i was like oh fuck i took my ears out and i never told anyone else like this is just like how i live my life <laughs> and then um and then and i totally messed up the second one it was like it was supposed to come in but i had no click and i was like oh fuck where am i coming in here and i came in way too late and i just saw everybody in the audience turn around i was like oh fuck but then luckily i nailed the one after that i think most people forgot but like they won't now yeah yeah i know exactly <laughs> now that it's it's in the public domain so yeah. like gareth do you guys play with ineos or do you still just nah. do the tradition oh really just... no nah, never man nah we I've, i we've, we've tried them before and it just didn't work like I, i'll tell you this is this is you want to hear like a ghetto setup so for pre-production pre-production for a sweetest sin we did it in um uh grayland there's a place actually just around the uh, corner from where uh joel used to live on dryden street we had a room booked out like so universal booked us out a room there for i think we were there for maybe six weeks or something like that writing uh a new album and, and doing pre-production in there and sal came across i think for the last two weeks and we'd never really played to a click before other than in the studio recording and um so sal really got us kind of working together as a band and i think that was one thing that sal did really really well has got us listening to actually one another and not just listening to ourselves and um so when we're when we're sussing out tempos and stuff like that we didn't have any monitors and the only thing we could do was plug a macbook into the pa system playing a click track at <laughs> full volume to that was loud enough to overcome us playing at full oh, volume oh my god and did that for like two weeks eight hours a day oh fuck that's crazy and and you want to the dude upstairs oh we went mental like he came down and was threatened to beat the crap out of us because like, <laughs> it was just like like just all day every day like in different tempos oh my god playing through a pa like that's that's what we had to do we tried and as we were we were just too loud like it was the technology wasn't there back then um so so yeah that's that's what we did and yeah that guy sorry dude yeah that would have been horrible um yeah it was horrible for me i was going to sleep I was going to sleep with the. Da, 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 oh, you da, could still da, hear da, it. Da, yeah, it just was still there. Like, oh. yeah. So that was, yeah, that was, that was torture. That's crazy. <laughs> we suffer for our art. We do. Yeah, people, people will just see the the polished product. Yeah. That is the bleeders up on stage, and they they, <laughs> they don't see the, the yakker that goes into it beforehand. Mm -hmm. you know? The grind. <laughs> Abby, did you ever? You never did any ears, Abby. No. No. No, sir. I don't. E I didn't even do earplugs. Wait, did you take an edible? Yeah. I was wondering why Abby kind of like tuned out a little bit. I thought it was the bass talk, but I think yeah, she's... Yeah, I, like, uh, I thought that it's all that sweet bass talk. I think, yeah, uh, yeah, it's like yeah. a lullaby. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> this, this, this could be like an ASMR podcast yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul, should we get into... Should we get into like string gauges now? Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, like, really? I thought you'd never ask, you know? 
I'm, I'm a no, dude. You, I think this is another thing. You're gonna think I'm like a stalker, but I thought you told me I, I play the 45 to 105, the hybrid slingers. Yes, yeah. yeah, man. Yeah. And I think you told me you were like, and we're all professionals, but that thin G string, you know, is it yeah. a th- thinner or thicker G string? Thinner. It's a thicker, thicker E and a thinner G. I think it is. Right, yeah. Should know that. It's been a while since I've talked uh talked bass strings. Um talk turkey. <laughs> yeah, I still I still I use stainless ones now and I, I get cheap ones and I biff them after every show. I only play like one show with them and throw them and then keep putting new ones on like when we did the I don't wanna keep harping and oh remember that time I did that gig. But like <laughs> When we went, when we were back in New well, Zealand, that's the last time you played. I know. I'm like getting all the mileage out of it that I can. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember the uh, fuck. Now, see, I waffled on for so long, I forgot what I was saying. Are you serious? Yeah. What was what? what no, it was the gauges, and then it was something else. Yeah, was, I can't believe string gauges was the thing that like spit off the. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. It'll come well, it's actually, here's, here's something funny, like, in terms of a cool dude. When we played in London, we played a show there with the Misfits. No way. Yeah, yeah. And they knew, because this was actually just after we'd left New York, and we had some shows lined up here in England. Just, well, I think we had, like, three or four shows or something lined up. Two two crazy things happened. First thing uh, happened was we were playing, like, a... Uh, I think our manager just was like, you know, just get these guys doing something, because idle hands, etc. So we ended up playing in this small pub uh, in Camden, and it was, like, a, a... There was, like, maybe four or five bands playing or something. And we, we played a show. It was there was bugger all people there it was like a, a like a local pub kind of thing um and uh after the show man like there was this dude standing on the end of the bar who was like giving us serious stink eye you know like <laughs> like like he wanted to fight us oh, and and it was like i don't know what's going on with that guy i better go like kind of suss him out you know and talk to him and um oh, i'm not going to try and do an english accent anyway he, he he's like are you guys from new zealand and i was like yeah and he's like yeah I, I came to the big day out in new zealand and at the end of your set your drummer threw his drumsticks out into the crowd and like this is on the main stage it was like tw- over twenty thousand people there you know like and the drumstick hit him in the eye and it completely ruined his day like he had to go to the St. John's tent and pretty much like ruined his day. And then he's like, oh no, I'm just here trying to have a quiet beer at my local pub. Oh my God. (laughs) Damn it. He's got a real chip on his shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. So he's like, can you guys just stop following me around? Um, <laughs> we bought him a beer and he ended up being a nice guy. And I yeah, it felt pretty bad for him anyway. It was just like, what are the chances on the other side of the world? Right? Funny. Yeah. yeah. Crazy okay, things. Just as well, your drummer didn't throw out any sticks that night. You know, he's like, not again. You know, <laughs> it would have been funnier if he did. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you're luckily, fucking luckily, kidding me. Yeah, luckily it was after because we probably would have aimed for him. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the other, the other cool thing where we played with the Misfits, like uh, maybe a couple of a week later or something. Jerry Only Man was such a cool dude. He heard that we'd come all the way from New Zealand and he was like, Do you need to borrow any of my gear? No um, way. And I was like, Oh, man, if I could, if I could borrow your like head and cab, that would be amazing. Yeah. And he's like, Yeah, cool. Do you need to use my bass? Like, you can. And, like, and he was genuine, like, if I needed to use his bass, I could use it. And I was like, oh Fuck up, man. Like, that never that happens. That's so cool. <laughs> like, I was like, wow, that's such a cool thing to... um Because really nice. I'd never do that. I'd never, ever let anyone use my bass. Dude, I remember <laughs> what you said one time. You cracked me up. I think we were playing with someone, 
and someone asked you if they could use your base, and you were like, "Dude, can I have sex <laughs> yeah. with your girlfriend?" You know? Same question. Yeah, same Pretty question. Much, yeah. That was what you said. Same question. Oh my God. <laughs> it's so true. I would be the same. Cabs, heads, like you know, go nuts. Just don't blow it. And like, but yeah, the base. It's like, come on, this is a yep. little. Yeah, yeah. See, I've had a lot of bad luck with gear recently as well. So it's kind of, I think, I think now with a bass, like I actually probably wouldn't care too much if someone asked. They'll be like, "Yeah, sweet, go for it." Like if, if I knew them and stuff, it'd be fine. I just always have that fear of something crapping out and then you not being able to play. Like that's this an actual fear of mine of, of like, and it's happened a lot. Like it's actually happened a few times uh, over the years where I've lent stuff to like a support band and they've blown something up, and then I I'm like, ah, cool. Well, what do we do now yeah. yeah yeah like you're like does anyone have anything i can use and everyone's like nah sorry <laughs> what about yeah. me yeah. does anyone have a really loud voice and can make bass noises on a mic yeah uh, um like that guy from police academy you know with this, yeah. with the, is my, michael winslow in yeah, here, michael winslow in here? Yeah. i thought i'd bring this up and this would make you laugh i was because yep. we played a gig with you guys. Like, I remember we played at the King's Arms. That's all I could remember. And I Googled it. And some website called Concert Archives had it. It was Cold by Winter, This Night Creeps, Good Night Nurse, Losing Face, and The Bleeders. And I remember this. I would always tell Abby the story because I was like, dude. And this is like when, like, Good Night Nurse, like, you know, we really, like, you know, just, we, we just did our thing. You know, it wasn't for everybody. Yeah, you guys, you guys are a popular band, man. Like, I think the only problem was, you know, like, once, like, the hardcore scene and everything like if we played it would be a little bit of a oh yeah you know let's get the bubblegum punk you know off here or whatever and um <laughs> dude i remember that we were at that show i'm sure you guys had to have been headlining it so i was like playing and i was like on the stage there was this fucking guy man went right up right up to this right up literally to me has his his hand extended out you know middle finger <laughs> Like oh. out directed at me, and that was it. He that was his set. That was his spot. Like he was there, <laughs> and scary. I was having such. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna fucking kick this guy in the head or if I'm gonna like. I don't. I didn't know what was gonna happen. I think I made some aggressive. Like you know, I was like, let's not get thrown in the slammer, but like, <laughs> I definitely made a few aggressive, like maybe a few kicks and a few like you know shoes were like. A little close, yeah. you know, just to be like, dude, I'm just like giving you a little bit of a, you know, bit of a warning. It was like one of those things where at the time it really frustrated me. But every time I tell that story, it just makes me laugh. So I'm like, it was, it was worth it. Yeah. with Oh man. Like it's crazy. Like shows, once we started getting like a bit of radio play and stuff, like our crowd changed. So we, we started getting like a lot because again, we kind of uh, came from playing in punk and hardcore bands and stuff. And then you, you kind of end up with this radio crowd that's kind of coming in to like, like a hardcore show where there's you know violent dancing and stuff and people don't get it so there's always lots of like fights and stuff at, at those shows until kind of people kind of understood how the flow of things kind of worked and um man we've, we've had some pretty crazy fans at shows like i remember playing a show on christchurch and this dude wanted us to punch him in the head before we went on stage and it was like <laughs> was it steve like, yeah. <laughs> no no it's like it was like what i'm like what? no man like 
one of the other guys in the band was like, yeah, man, I'll punch you in the head. Like, I was like, no, nah, no. Nah. <laughs> and you'd like, be like, nah, you, don't, you can fuck up your hand to, like, for the gig. Yeah, like, I'm, I don't know, man. Like, definitely some uh, some out-of-it situations. Because we, we played a lot a lot of shows. Like, we were probably at one point on the brink of overplaying. Like, we were playing multiple times a week. Like, in New Zealand, as you know, you kind of can't really tour that much, you know, because you can over-tour quite quickly. And, and yeah, some of those shows, uh, like, I remember we played a show in Dunedin. Yeah, that would have been 20, 20 years ago and i I don't know whether they oversold the venue or what happened it was like one of those small stages which is probably about half a meter high so it's just like a small drum riser as a as a stage type thing but it's it's big enough to fit a five-piece band on it was just about that high of of like a a, like what a drum riser would be and there was no security no barriers and people were like on the stage I remember there was Jeez. this dude trying to have a conversation with, I don't know what he was on. He was trying to have a conversation with me while we were playing. Like, <laughs> um, and amps and stuff were falling over. The bar staff had to like leave the bar and come and try and hold the crowd back off the stage. Like, oh my God. Um, pe- I was watching people just steal stuff from behind the bar like while we were playing. Like, <laughs> It was it was just chaos. It was probably I don't know like three hundred people, maybe three fifty, four hundred people there. It was um, that is insane. It was yeah, it was crazy. And again, I think I chipped my tooth on the microphone. Those are the shows that stand out to me as like the fun shows, you know, like yeah. <laughs> you just reminded me of one. I remember Joel. He didn't chip his tooth, but like he kept getting electric shocks from this mic. Like I don't know, it just wasn't grounded properly. Oh. Or, like, I don't even know how that worked. So like he would go in to sing, and then he would like he would be trying to explain to us that like he's like fuck i just got zapped again you know like you know unless yeah. it's happening to you it was a little hard to kind of like figure out yeah. what was happening and then i all I remember was he was getting zapped the whole time and then i remember the next day he had the biggest like like a bruise, like a bruise but like a cut yeah or something. i think i can remember that yeah he was just from being zapped all the time i was like man oh, like <laughs> and there's not much you can do you're halfway through a gig you know what are you gonna do wait for the sound man oh, i'm getting you're like pointing to the mic i'm getting zapped and he gives you the thumbs up sounding good <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the hand signal for? I'm being yeah, electrocuted. Yeah, like, yeah. it doesn't oh exist. God. You know, oh. that's yeah. I, I don't know, man. Like, oh, that's pretty funny. I, yeah, I do. I actually remember that. Eh? Like, we, yeah, I've had man. Like, talking about people being like really, um, I dis- disrespectful or whatever you want to call. It. I've had like, I, I remember in Perth, a, a show dude was stood in the front row just spitting on me the whole time like there's been i'm just the whole time going please don't have like something i don't know like please don't have mono or or glandular fever (laughs) yeah Yeah. you don't know abby by any chance do you know okay cool we're cool (laughs) have you ever been to cbt yeah yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, I guess it kind of comes with the territory, you know, you play in a punk rock band, that's what's going to happen, you know? Yeah. Like when I saw you guys on tour, it looked pretty serious as well. Like, could you tell like maybe like 10, 20 years on, like, were you like, man, I feel this a little more. I, I definitely noticed like playing, I was trying to like rock out like I used to. And I was like in between songs being like, fuck, where's my asthma? <laughs> no definitely man i've i've put on a few pounds since uh since those days i think giving up smoking was one thing i just started replacing with cheeseburgers though so um that's that's not a yeah, i was lucky i didn't break the stage when i was there back in last February. <laughs> i thought i was doing me and abby were like hey we're doing really good you know like because we had covid and like you know everybody was locked down here so it was just like we just got into this habit of just like oh we'll just order food you know like and just yeah. not do anything like let's try that for a couple of years 
I loved it as well because Joel didn't even give us that much notice. He was, you know, he I think he called me on Boxing Day. I know, we were so pissed. We were like, he called me on Boxing Day and he's like, okay, and this is going to be February, you know, the 18th or something. And both of us looked at each other. We were like, the diet starts today. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, like. Yeah. Oh. oh, my God. I feel like I still had the moves. I was definitely out of breath. But, you know. <laughs> I think the magic was still there. Yeah. I think it's weird. Eh? Like, I don't think I go as crazy as what I used to do because I don't think anyone wants to necessarily see like a overweight dude in his 40s kind of, yeah, I just don't think it's needed anymore. You know I, I mean, mean? Like, yeah, I was probably so close to falling off the stage. Like, you know, like that would have been a wrap for the night. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Actually, yeah. here's a qu- here's a question for you, Paul. Yeah. Being a bass player that you played, you played stage left, right? Like that was yeah. You stage left. Yep. Did you notice a lot of stages in? And I don't know if it's just a New Zealand thing. A lot of stages on the left hand side have like a cutaway at the front of the stage, so it's not square at the front. It's cutaway at the left hand side, and it usually is because it leads to like an outdoor area. Because I've fallen off a lot of stages in New Zealand, like. <laughs> Like I remember one show at the Corriglin and and um it Corrigan was like around New Year's. Yeah, the Corriglin you would have played there a bunch of times, I'm sure. Um yeah. <laughs> like the big the big lights come out, like the intro music's playing. <laughs> we come we come out and I'm like, yeah, like you know, living the dream. This is awesome. Like the crowd's pumped, I'm pumped, like let's get into the first song, come walking out and then just disappear off the stage because it's <laughs> got a cutaway on the left hand side. Oh no. Fall off onto the so you know like when the lights come up it's like there's no bass player anymore like uh <laughs> gareth you did the spinal <laughs> like, tap you like spontaneously <laughs> yeah. combusted or whatever where'd gareth go you know oh, yeah there's plenty of i've fallen through a stage and crush it i remember that happening like yeah it's I don't know. We went through, no, we went through some similar stuff. We played in Wellington. I lo- love it. It's a guy from my work as well. Yeah, come along. You know, this will be great. Fucking, I smack, I, I was like jumping off. Um, <laughs> this Like, it just sounds bad already. But like, I was, fuck, I didn't realize I could even jump that high. But like, I, there were monitors like mounted and they were like black. You couldn't even see them from the stage. <laughs> I must have. Yeah jumped up and and i was trying to jump on that's what i was on this ledge and i was jumping off to jump back on the stage and i like smashed my forehead against this it must have been a bolt like that's all i I mean well that's what the imprint in my head still looks like i had like blood all down my face and everything like that and it was like um i had to go to the yeah i had to go to like you know the emergency room everyone else went to the next bar I remember this lady that was there and I was like, I was like, oh, so do I need stitches? And she's like, stitches? God, what do you need stitches for? That's barely anything, you know? And she just gave me these like butterfly ones, you know, the like the. Um, no, you definitely should yeah, have had I should have probably had sti- I feel like welcome <laughs> yeah. to, you know, I didn't even know what town we were. No, Wellington. That's right. Um, I was thinking it was a, about to explain it. Oh, it was a small town. I'm like, no, it was the capital. Um but yeah, it, I remember that. And then, you know, there's another one where I we did the schools tour and I went to jump up onto the drum riser and my bass slipped off, my the strap slipped off my left side and I was yep. already in midair and I tried to stop myself and my shin cracked into the drum riser. 
and then my bass hit the drum rise. It made like the biggest noise I've ever heard. All I remember <laughs> was turning around. Not only did Joel and Jaden turn around, but the entire audience of the school <laughs> turned around. And it, you know, you just like you're just standing there. You just feel like waving, hi, you know, like. <laughs> I, I and I just remember. And then oh yeah, that was the one where and these girls like were yelling something at me, and I'm like, because I'm trying to just play and just be. I oh, just forget about it. Just you know. And they're pointing at my legs and she's like, you're bleeding. You're bleeding. And I'm like, what? And I looked down and I was like, fuck, I really am. Like, so yeah, definitely, you know, had my share of um, mishaps, mishaps, you know, and and the amount of times like I was playing before I, before I learned that you should, you know, take your guitar cord and like loop it through your amp. You know, the amount of times playing with a combo and then you're just walking around, you just like accidentally kick out your lead by accident. And yeah. you just have to pretend that you're still playing, especially if it's the end of the song, you're not going to have time to yeah. plug it in, you know, and you just do the big finish. Yeah. And you're just like, fuck, I hope nobody's listening. Yeah. But- and it always seems to happen when you're like, there's a bass solo or there's like a oh. bridge where it's just drums yeah. and bass. And it's yeah. like, where everything drops out and then it's like, oh, I whoops, I've uh, just pulled my cable out. Uh <laughs> And yeah. then, and then you don't know whether to be insulted that everybody's still getting into it, even though you're not actually playing. They're <laughs> <Yeah. you know? laughs> like, oh, if you guys are still having a good, I might yeah. just go to the bar and grab yeah, a beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys know. are good. Yeah, uh, hard case, man. Hard case. Mm. This has been great. I feel like Abby. I'm sorry you had to sit through the bass hour or or, or couple of hours. <laughs> it's all good. I was like freaking out, going, "Man, what stories can I share?" <laughs> yeah, because I'm going, man, like, and I'm like. If we're going to stick with hot bass talk, I can stick with hot bass talk. Because <laughs> that's going to avoid me saying something yeah. stupid. Or- yeah. <laughs> Gareth, thank you so much, man. And I honestly appreciate your time like so much. I feel like on bass, I would say in New Zealand, you were just the biggest influence on me and the nicest guy with advice and a fucking wizard on the bass. So thank you. <laughs> Stop it. Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Imagine if you were like, you were like, like you're like, keep, keep it coming. I'm, keep it I'm coming. like, it's, I, it's, yeah, I'm not good with praise. I always, Me neither. I'm the uh, worst. I'm, I'm usually pretty self-deprecating, so I'll take some advice someone once said. If someone says something nice about you, just shut up. Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, that's it. it. So, that's so it. So thank you. <laughs> I appreciate that, bro. Oh, uh, thanks, brother. You're too nice, man. You're too nice. No worries. And man. lovely to talk to you as well, Abby. Nice um, to meet you. Great. I'm hopefully going to plan a trip back to to New York at some point, and and I'll I'll look you up because it'll be cool to catch up for for laugh or something. Definitely, man. How does that when you get here? Yeah, yeah, it'd be good to meet you in person as well. Abby. Definitely. Or we could grab some pizza yeah man but if you guys are ever out this way don't be strangers man like it'd be cool to catch up i know we definitely will man we'll definitely hit you up awesome gareth stack (laughs) thanks so much the man the myth the legend (laughs) we'll talk soon awesome thanks guys Bye. bye see ya